Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone. The internet changed the world. Penicillin, I would have thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney joins us once again. And Simon, you were in a fancy restaurant recently. Yeah, it's the perfect segue there, Sean. I was in a fine dining establishment and the waiter asked me if I'd like some gravy with my beef. Yeah. And he was quickly pulled aside by his supervisor who was hanging around kind of behind me. Maybe he was a trainee waiter. Sounds like he was you. (laughs) A bit terrifying. (laughs) And then he came back and he said, I'm sorry, sir, would you like some jus? With yes, that. of course. Yeah. Now, are you a jus man or a gravy man? Uh, it depends what you're having. Uh, uh, really, I, I like them both equally. But you, you, you and gravy are two distinctly different things. They are. They are. And I think too often we presume that they're the same thing with just a fancier name. Um, jus is a reduction. Um, so, and it often also has red wine in it. It's very mm. rich, very, very rich. You don't need as much. You don't. You know the way you put lashings of gravy on something. Yes. You wouldn't be doing that now with the jus. Yeah, and the jus is a pain in the hoop to make because you have to, you know, let it reduce for a long time and slowly, and then you yes. do exactly what it says in the cookbook, and then it still doesn't reduce. No. And then you turn it up, and then you burn the arse off the It's pot. really hard yeah. to make yeah. jus. Like, it's, you know, it's something that you enjoy in a restaurant. Now, yeah. it does look similar to gravy, so I can understand why we might mix mm. the two things up. But it is kind of like, a lot of the time, it's like kind of a... It's like treacle. Yeah, it's but it's treacly wine. It's like yes. you get to pour wine over your dinner, yeah. which is basically my ultimate fantasy. I really, yeah. I really want to pour it over my hands now. <laughs> oh, that's a waste. <laughs> and then lick. <laughs> and then lick it. Well, you can put your hands in your dinner. Uh, <laughs> uh, does Simon say he just wanted Jew or gravy? Notions, uh, says Orla. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So that's God. I would have thought that was a ha- in, a, in a fancy restaurant. That was like a, a firing offence to mix up gravy and Jew. Yeah, yeah. Um, We don't know what happened to that waiter afterwards. Mm. Um, He may have been taken outside and shot. Uh, All I know is that I enjoyed my jus and that's all that matters. That is all that matters. You were the customer and you're right (laughs) on all occasions. So, yeah, so in in, now... People might be thinking when I say what's gravy made from, you know, the packet. Yes, uh, indeed. But, but, but what you is made from, what gravy's made from, we've already mentioned the red wine and its yeah, reduction. Sure. What's, what's your classic gravy made from? Then, really? Yeah, well, your classic gravy nowadays, of course, is made from meat drippings, beef drippings. Um, but that wasn't always the case. And it's worth us looking at the etymology of the word gravy to understand how this sauce has evolved, so to speak, Sean. Um, the word gravy comes from the old French grave, which I was thinking of adopting that when I'm in those fancy restaurants. Yes. I'm asking for some grave and yeah. hoping for the best <laughs> and not getting kicked out immediately for being a wanker. Um, but uh, grave then... Uh, comes from the older French word gran spelled G-R-A-I-N right now we think that might be like a grain some sort of grain but actually in old French gran means a spicy sauce or a spiced sauce so that tells us that um, before the 18th century certainly the idea of gravy was actually 
uh, of a spicy sauce. Now, when it came to England in the 16th century, it was still a spiced sauce made with broth, various different spices, wine and ale. So kind of a crossover gravy jus thing going on there. And then um, afterwards, in as I say, from the 18th century onwards, the word gravy from grave, uh, the anglicisation of that, it becomes uh, exclusively associated with this idea of beef drippings. Mm. What we do now to make gravy is we use those drippings from your roast and you mix maybe a little bit of flour in it to thicken it. Yeah. You might add some onion and garlic, maybe a bit of rosemary, something like that. I'm sure everyone has their own opinions on how to do it. But the point is that uh, it has evolved over time from what was described as a spiced sauce. Now, when we talk about spiced sauces um, in the you know 15th and 16th century, that doesn't mean that it was spicy in terms of it like being with chilli or, or a hot sauce or anything like that. Spice meant f- full of flavours that might have come from abroad, so to speak. Right, okay. You know, that was just spicy to their palate. It was spicy yeah. to their palate. We wouldn't consider it spicy or, or hot uh, mm. nowadays. Um, and now it has become an accompaniment for all roast meat dishes. Yes, so but, it's really evolved quite a bit. Yeah, and was it in, say, in in the medieval period when when they were making these things? Was this was this kind of upper class stuff we're talking about, or did you know did the ordinary proles get to have a bit of uh, grave on their on their whatever they ate? Well, it's really interesting you say that because um, gravy has been a meat substitute for centuries um, for ordinary working people. Um, you know, uh, certainly during the War of Independence in America, that's when gravy became a big thing in American eating traditions. Um, gravy to this day in America, if you type in American gravy into Google, you get images of what can I, I what I can only describe as looks like uh, wallpaper plaster. It's white. It's got lumps in it. Have you ever had American gravy? No, that's it's white. disgusting. Yeah, it's made with um it's you fry off bits of old sausage and you use that fat to whisk in a bit of flour and then you add milk and it becomes a, like a kind of a porridgey gravy. I don't know the look on your face. <laughs> so, but it was like a kind of a bread sauce, type, that, or, or kind of a bready yeah. sauce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like a bread sauce. Very, very cheap to make. It's made with sausage meat, which is the cheapest meat, of mm. course. Nothing to do with beef dripping, which is the British oh, and Irish tradition. Uh, and they have it with biscuits. Uh, biscuits, of course, in the uh, the American interpretation of that word is basically like a kind of a a hard biscuity. Scony yeah, type yeah, creature. They're tasteless yolks, actually. Yeah, they're yeah. tasteless yolks. Now, they're big in the deep south in America. Yeah. Like biscuits and gravy is a really popular dish to this day. It's very, very cheap to make. It's wet, it's moist, it's full of sausagey flavour, and people eat it because it's highly, highly calorific. So it gives you a bit of energy and it's cheap to make. Yeah, it's kind of peasant food. Uh, it, I don't mean that as disrespectful. No, There's many is. things yeah, that are, uh, yeah. still are. Uh, uh, don't even mention US dish biscuits and gravy vomit, uh, says a text. Or somebody else says, if you ever listen to an Indian or Caribbean cook making a curry sauce, they always refer to it as a gravy. Well, do you know what? That is absolutely right. Because if you're in a nice Indian restaurant in Dublin, like Jewel in the Crown or somewhere like that, on the menu, it says it'll describe the sauce as a gravy. 
all most Indian restaurants in Ireland will describe the sauce as a gravy. So our understanding of gravy is national. Ah. And in India, gravy means something totally different. It's a word. It's like sauce. You know, we've 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 adopted this word, which has specific orange, origins, but we've adopted this word to basically mean different types of sauce. Yeah. So when did uh, I and I assume that instant gravy was a twentieth century phenomenon? Yeah, just Sean. Nineteen oh eight is actually nineteen ten mm. is when the first instant gravy became available. Um, it was the brainchild of. Messrs. Roberts and Patterson in England, they worked for a salt works and they were trying to come up with an instant gravy that was powder and you just add milk. And what they came up with was a dish that browns, seasons, thickens in one. Mm. And if we take those, the first letter of each of those words, it spells Bisto. And Bisto was launched, advertised for the first time ever on uh, February the 4th, 1910 in the Daily Mail. And it became a huge success because, for two reasons. First of all, it's full of salt. Well, at least at that time it was full of salt. I'm sure it's reduced now. But So it gave lent a lot of flavour to your dishes. But secondly, and most importantly, I wanted to mention this in an Irish context because Bisto has existed in this country since the same time or a few years after 1910. Um, It was a great way of making a meal go further. So when the earliest advertisement that I could find for Bisto in Ireland, Sean, was from the early 1920s. We were a young country, a nascent um, state, the free state, of course. And there was a campaign which Bisto ran in Irish newspapers called All Round Economy. And the ad read as this. A little Bisto makes a lot of gravy. You can serve less meat if you use Bisto. A £2 packet lasts a family a week. So you can see the way they advertised this product was almost that the instant gravy became a substitute for meat or at least a way to make the little bit of meat that you might be able to afford mm. go a bit further. Because it was very meaty itself, yes. It's very yeah. meaty itself. So that was a really, I suppose, a really clever way for them to, to advertise in this country at that time when people may not have had the means to buy a lot of meat. Yes, yes, that's actually a very good point. Though at the same time, as I recall, that, that original bit of the powder was... It still wasn't that easy to make gravy with it. You still had to, you know, swirl it around with pan juices and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I made it over the Christmas. Um, just a normal Bisto gravy. And now it's exceptionally easy to make. Like you literally put the water in and it's basically done. Yeah, um, that's the granules though, is it? Your, yes, your, your, sorry, your, what are yeah. you talking about? I'm talking about in, in, oh, the original used to be, the, the original, yes. the powder Absolutely. was yeah, yeah. to make it with. No, yeah. you would need to you would need to add that to your pan with your beef drippings in it and kind of whisk it all together uh, and if you didn't do it properly it would certainly become very lumpy. That's that's for sure, yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And, and Bisto is still around and Bisto is still, still with us. pretty much the market leader, I would have Yes, thought. yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's still, you know, it's very inexpensive as well so it's it's something that I'm sure is in the back of everyone's cupboard yeah but is now is is brown sauce related to gravy in some way yeah so brown sauce I don't know I don't use brown sauce do hmm. you use brown no, sauce no 
you don't you don't use it. Yeah. Okay, some people I'm not against it, but you it's know. a bit like marmite. Yeah. You know, people either they really love it or they really hate it. I really hate it because for me it's like a very vinegary gravy, and of course the vinegar keeps it from spoiling. But in certain parts of England to this day, HP is known as Wilson's gravy, and this is because Harold Wilson, the old Labour Prime Minister, yeah, in the nineteen sixties, I think. He, uh, his wife gave an interview to the Sunday Times where she, it was one of these kind of interviews where you kind of tell us a bit about the Prime Minister, you know, about your domestic lives together. And she revealed that um, his one flaw is that he puts HP on all his food. And this, of course, endeared him to the working class voters of the, the Labour North, um, where they felt that, uh, you know, Harold Wilson was was one of their own. But it became known as Wilson's Gravy. And interestingly, uh, HP has real pedigree in this area because the company used to be called David Ho and Sons uh, but it became HP sauce in 1895 Sean after the company discovered that their sauce was being used in one of the restaurants in Westminster so they used HP Houses of Parliament Parliament. that's where HP comes from that's so clever uh, a lot of people texting in saying that uh, that you know, Italians, um, American Italians particularly, are referred to pasta sauce as gravy as well. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, apparently in The Sopranos, they call pasta so- uh, sausage gravy. And uh, Trish says, one Christmas day, I mistook a vodka and Coke as Bisto twice, then added <laughs> cream. The gravy was delightful, she says. I'd say it was. Happy Christmas to you, Simon. Thanks a million. As ever, Simon Tierney there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We'll take a break. Back in a minute. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.